In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. Good and pleasant it is when brethren live together in unity. Psalm 133, verse 1. We'd be in the midst of early morning moods when this psalm would be quietly introduced. The full impact of its meaning was lost on the children, but we didn't miss the significance of dew falling quietly on the hills of Zion. The psalm isn't long enough. Hardly does it begin, then it's over, and the Lord has ordained the blessing. Life forevermore. Good afternoon. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler, and I'm your host, Vivian McNinney. Well, it's a glorious day here in Texas, about 85 degrees, clear, sunny, a little bit breezy, feels like spring. The trees haven't quite started turning colour yet, so I can pretend. Well, I have a new journal. It was an idea I picked up a couple of months ago. My new journal is small, unlined, furry-covered, And I keep a record of random thoughts, pictures, poems, favorite sentences, overheard conversations, in fact, anything that captures my imagination and jabs at me to pick up my pen. After keeping it for a month, I went back through it and gave it a title based on what I was obsessing about for those 30 days. The blank pages are freeing. I can write a little, draw badly, jot down ideas in patterns. There are no limitations. I can make entries several times a day because the thoughts are short. For an avid ritualistic journal keeper, this has been a wonderful diversion. I encouraged my non-journalistic daughter to join me, and she did. She loves it. For example, one day I wrote in circles around the page, Malia was flicking through this journal, and I said, Hey, you reading my journal? And she said, Yeah. And I said, Can I read yours? Heck no, she said. Oops. And I drew a smiley face with an exaggerated eye roll in the middle of the writing. It's fun. Try with your children. For a week, for a month, or a semester, Half Price Books have some really good blank journals for a reasonable price. I'm a Stephen minister. This means that I have had 50 hours of training to be able to give members of my congregation distinctive Christian care in strict confidence once a week for as long as they need me. You've probably heard of Stephen Ministers. I'm also a Stephen leader, which means I went away for a week-long course to qualify as a trainer. Additionally, I assign caregivers to hurting parishioners and other individuals who may need help. I lead mandatory monthly supervisory meetings and make continuing education presentations a couple of times a year. Well, my turn came up again this week and my topic was St. Francis of Assisi, also known as Francis of Assisi's in my house. I suppose it was a timely presentation since his feast day was last Sunday the 3rd, the occasion of my oldest son's birthday. We used to have Blessing of the Pets at our last church. I've taken many a snake to receive benediction. 
I didn't know much about St. Francis except the obvious. He loved animals, they loved him, and he is usually depicted in a wooded setting and always out of doors, which he had to love since he only had a meagre little hut to live in, and outdoors in Assisi was probably a whole lot prettier than inside a wattle hut. And he had a life-threatening, extremely strict rule that his companions had to follow. According to the Catholic website I accessed, he is also called the patron saint of the environment. All to do with the outdoors, I know. I thought that justified a short slideshow of the nature I photographed on my recent trip to Costa Rica, so I broke out some of my photos of the countryside and wildlife indigenous to the land of the Tikas. And the presentation went reasonably well. As I was driving to my meeting on a very busy highway, I was reminded how we here in America take freeway driving for granted and don't question any of the regulations that are enforced for our safety on these fast-paced roads. There's no towing, no cycling, no pedestrians or animals. You know, you can't walk your dog down the central medium no matter how well-tended it is. Keeping the highway for the motorised among us is part of the privilege of having a fast road to get us from A to B. Not so my featured country of the month, Costa Rica. As we were driving into the capital city, San Jose, for the last few days of our vacation, it was raining. Of course, it was after 2pm. And the traffic was crazy. No one actually keeps to the specified lanes on the highway, so any number of cars can fit across the road, depending on how bold the driver happens to be. We got lost as soon as we left the highway. Of course, we'd been warned several days ago by our very worried friend. Friend, We could see where we wanted to be, but the only way there was to do a Yui, which we did at a light. Wrong! The cars coming at us in the opposite direction when their light changed had no intention of slowing down when faced with a random car across their path. Their light gave them the go, and go they went! They forged ahead, horns blaring, and scared the bejeebas out of us. We managed to complete our manoeuvre just before being hit by a truck bearing down on us, and our nerve was rewarded by several policemen frantically jumping in our path and waving us over to the side. Yep, you've got it. Pulled over by the police in a Central American country. This was not quite how we wanted to end our stay in this foreign land. Visions of being carted off to jail, never to be seen again, flashed before both of our minds. Remember, we had no cell phones and no language. My brave Texan kept repeating the words, Lost! We are lost! He was asked for his license and then his passport. The latter was in the trunk and I thought, Oh, oh, if he gets out of the car, they may misinterpret his action and shoot him. They didn't. Once he'd shown his passport, they told him, Very dangerous what you do. Very dangerous. You reckon? <laughs> Relieved, we watched them get on their motorbikes and drive off into the traffic. We were still lost. So now, as we're carefully barreling along the highway in the gathering dust that drops like a blanket in this land of manic drivers, we saw people waiting on the highway for a bus. Yep, there are bus stops on the highway. Then we saw people crossing the motorway, dodging traffic that petrified we who were in a metal vehicle, as if they do it daily, which they probably do. Cyclists are also on this road, so all of a sudden, added to the mix of clear and present motorised danger, are pedestrians and cyclists, and yes, people with their dogs. Come on, guys, get real. 
I'm happy to report that we finally found our way to our hotel just as darkness fell and promptly returned our wheels to the hire car company, suitably scared off the roads, at least as drivers. The next morning, we joined the ranks of those who walk on highways. Being a great believer in public transport hailing from England, my husband and I unwrapped the mystery of San Jose's brilliant bus service. We stood at the bus stop on the highway as cars whizzed past us and waited. Along came a promising-looking bus. He flashed his lights at us. We probably should have flagged him down. Slammed past us before we recognised it as the bus we needed and began waving. He screeched to a halt. He's on the busy highway, remember, and reversed to pick us up. Wow, is all I can say. The way back was just as interesting because our stop off was on the other side of the road and we had to cross the motorway. Luckily, there was a walkway, but it was raining and slick and we had no umbrellas and yes, we got very wet. Well, it's time to finish up the chapter of my book about frayed nerves and anger. And as a wise and experienced homeschooler, I conclude it's time to take a peek outside my homeschool walls for the second time in my eight-year career and seek distraction from my offspring. Here, I'm going to focus on just one of my children's techniques for getting his siblings all fired up. My youngest son, Simon, when he needles, gets impressive results. He causes his objects of torment to lose their tempers regularly with this needling technique. It is by dint of the fact that he knows them so well that he's able to pick on just the right thing that will make their blood boil. He will laugh at them when they make a mistake, something simple like pouring the milk into the wrong colour cup. Of course, they don't have to react, and if they didn't, it would avoid all kinds of ugliness. But we're talking about siblings here, and... You've got to react, Mum. It's the rules, they inform me when I make this observation. Simon is the one who will bring up topics for conversation which he knows are sensitive. Questions like, Now, why aren't you spending the night at Katie's house, Malia? You know why, Simon. Mum and Dad have said no. They have? I didn't know that. Did you do something wrong? Stop, Simon. No, seriously. Why isn't she spending the night? He looks at us with a mock grin on his face. If only they were mature enough to ignore him. Simon, I said, stop. Malia is almost in tears now. Well, I'm only asking a simple question. Not willing to drop the subject, he adds the final clincher. Didn't Katie spend the night here last time? Simon, stop it. Malia swats him with her napkin and storms from the table, sobbing. He responds by executing this little biting action in her direction. And here's the rub. I've discovered that my children also have eyes in the back of their heads. She turns mid-exit from the table and hits him a resounding thump on his muscle-bound bicep, causing an outburst of loud laughter from both the boys, which is just as irritating as the biting or the verbal needling. By then, the whole table is set to take sides. Only parental intervention at this point will restore order and further conversation is forbidden. Simon sits and looks all innocent and quizzical, as if he's ready to open up the discussion again because he still hasn't had a satisfactory answer. I only asked, he ventures in his sweet, butter wouldn't melt in his mouth, unbroken voice. Be quiet, Simon, or leave the table. Papa has spoken. Malia will get her revenge later. 
By example and upbringing, I was taught to keep my feelings to myself. I still hold back my tears until a painful lump comes into my throat, which I cannot swallow. I am mortified when I consider the possibility of a lamentable sob escaping from my lips. As a result, I have disciplined myself to hold my breath. This is what it takes to develop a stiff upper lip that dares not quiver. If the need overwhelms me now that I'm in America where emotions are allowed to run amok, I weep silently. As evidenced above, my children have had not to learn this skill. They wail and gnash their teeth in hot-blooded Latin fashion, as the psalmist did in Old Testament style. My children have simply and completely joined the nation of people who wear their hearts on their sleeves. Since I learned that it is physically unhealthy to keep one's emotions bottled up, I've practiced losing my temper from time to time. And after the break, I will continue. I'll see you back in a minute. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. The American Rock and Roll Countdown with Alex Price. So where were you in the 1970s? Well, this Saturday morning, we're going to flash back to the 70s as we count down the classic hits with the American Rock and Roll Countdown. You'll hear news and information and stories about the artist and what was going on during the specific week that we highlight. So be sure to join us at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time this Saturday on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown on Toginet. Christian work-at-home moms, here is your own show on Toginet. It's CWAM, Christian work-at-home moms with Jill Hart and Diana Innan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Central on Toginet. Um, I'd love to share with you just a little bit about how CWAM can help you, whether you are new to the work-at-home world and just starting out your search, or whether you've been working at home for a while and are looking to grow your business. Jill Hart is the founder of Christian Work-at-Home Moms, CWAM.com, and co-author of So You Want to Be a Work-at-Home Mom. Jill has worked from home from 2000 and started her home-based business to assist other Christians who desire to work from home while maintaining a godly life. And Diana Ennett with virtualwordpublishing.com. I really, truly want to see you succeed, want to share the joy that I have in being home with my kids and being able to build my own business. And she's ready to help you now. Christian Work at Home Moms with Jill Hart and Diana Enna. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Central on Toginet. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. My children will tell you that I do a pretty good job too. I've found that although it feels good, I'm talking about losing my temper, it is not to be taken to excess. In general, I do not consider myself an angry person. In fact, I unwittingly entered into parenthood with a very kindly attitude towards my future offspring. That soon evaporated as the children learned to express themselves. In the early years, we were still able to keep discord to a minimum and the volume under control, but the noise level was still 100% more than I'd grown up with and increased steadily as the family grew and lungs developed without British mufflers. A golden rule from my childhood 
don't speak when someone else is already talking became obsolete without my permission or notice. So it is hardly surprising when I found myself losing it one afternoon close to the end of the week that I took stock of my mental state after the unwelcome eruption of my emotions and asked myself, how come I was still going to be served with the sentence that every Christian, especially Catholics, dread and spend their life smothering? the dark side of themselves. Was it because I dared to admit that I was taking a great deal of pleasure in raising and teaching my children? In true human fashion, I was soon able to justify the loss of my temper. Anyone who is around four young people who, incidentally, are related to you and each other all day and night, the modern expression, I believe, would be 24-7, has to have her head examined, even if she is doing it for God. God never had my four children. I shrugged in my best, it's all yours mode, and handed my anger back to the guy up there with the brilliant idea. And I prayed, Lord, I humbly come before you as a once a Catholic, always a Catholic, and implore you to take into consideration that we, your family, pray and read the Bible together a lot. Several times a day, in fact. We also attend Mass at least three times a week. So if my anger is the working of the enemy on our lives, then we must be making him feel pretty uncomfortable and disappointed in what was up to now a fairly normal family with nothing much to worry about on the faith side. I don't want to have to do this, but in the darker reaches of my mind, I am tempted for the sake of tranquility to relinquish our holy lives so that we're no longer fodder for our malicious adversary. What do you think? I listened obediently with the ear of my heart. I love your accent. I could just listen to you all day. What did you say? I sit down hard in the one-room schoolhouse garden of my mind and try to take stock of the unexpected resurgence of the yelling fishwife. This is what I came up with. Close contact with children teaches us things we never knew before. For example... How come friends never bear the brunt of our anger? It's true. Have you ever noticed how your child treats his best friend? Nothing like the way he treats his brother or his sisters. Maybe I should consider switching out the other three children with friends and revisit the co-op concept now that they're older. Well, I've got my guest on the line, Betty Hefner. Um, Betty is co-founder of Hey Ugly, an acronym for Unique, Gifted, Lovable You, a non-profit organization that helps teens and tweens discover their inner cool so they can be happy being who they are instead of trying to be who they think they need to be in order to appear cool to their peers. Welcome, Betty. Hey, how are you, Vivian? Thank you so I'm, much for having me on the show. Well, I'm very well. Thank you very much for taking the time to join me. I know you're busy. <laughs> All right. Well, I have I have some obviously um, pertinent questions to ask you about bullying because a lot of um, homeschoolers um, pull their children out of school in or because of bullying in order to keep them at home to avoid bullying. And one of my questions for you is, um, you know, there are other kinds of bullying too, aren't there? I mean, you, it's not just bullying in the public schools there are subtle kinds of bullying within a family or you know other social venues like church anywhere actually where groups of young people gather 
Yeah, and one of the most important places that hardly anybody talks about is the bullying that we do to ourselves in our heads. As uh, before you um, introduced me, I heard you talking about the fact that, you know, kids treat their their friends different than they treat their family, et cetera, et cetera. But how do kids treat themselves? That's one of the key issues that we're trying to work on because if you've got a kid who is constantly giving himself or herself real negative messages, I'm not good enough, I'm so stupid, I'm so fat, I'll never be able to do that, they don't like me, you know, those messages that go on in our heads, and even as adults, a lot of us still have that, it's really hard then to go and live your life in a way where you are able to project the confidence and the self-love that's so important to be able to have any type of a healthy, empathetic relationship. Okay, so this is what you mean when you say self-bullying. Self-bullying is... is, Yeah, we have a, a whole page, selfbullying.org, that deals with that very subject matter and gives people advice on, on how to help them get over doing that type of um, negative bullying to themselves. And so as parents, especially as homeschooling parents, um, what can we do to help our children avoid the self-bullying? Well, one of the things is to, um, you know, not praise the child um, just for gratis, to be able to look at something that the child has done and to be able to really acknowledge, wow, you did a really good job. Or um, the way, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot is uh, the language that we use, the words that we use, which is why we took ugly and turned it into a positive. So we always say be positive instead of negative. If, if a kid comes in and they've and say they only got one question right, on a test instead of all 10. Instead of saying, you really need to study hard and you really need to learn that, what you might want to do is say, you know, that was a really hard question that you got right. I could tell you really studied for that, you know, and I bet you'll be able to get the other ones um, the next time a lot easier, too, just because you continue just studying the way you're studying. And that does a lot to be able to boost a kid instead of beating him up because he didn't get nine right. Give him a little bit of credit for the one that he or she did get right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know and then also and then mirror it mirror it to the child because the child learns everything from our behavior Mm -hmm. whether we're the aunt whether we're the mom whether we're the sister whether we're the cousin um, or the teacher it, it mirrors so be who love yourself and treat yourself well and then pass that on down if you're having a bad day don't take it out on the child you know that is such an easy thing to do though isn't it i mean when you're feeling bad you just take it out on everybody around you (laughs) well that's why that's why when people you know like when you're at a checkout counter or something so okay have a good day i always look at them and say i always do it's a choice yeah i always do our co-founder sporty king always says i might have a bad hour but i'm never going to have a bad day yeah so if we just sit back and 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 try to be in the moment as everyone's trying to do and just sit there and go you know what this is a situation one of the things that we treat we teach the kids if you're in something that's really that's driving you crazy just understand that it, it you'll be able to get over it because remember a time for example that you didn't think you were going to be able to make it through a situation 
But then remember, oh, my God, I did make it through. And we asked the kids, what happened when you made it through? Did anything wonderful happen? And, and sometimes they'll go, I got a better boyfriend. <laughs> I made it through the situation. And it's like, yeah, okay, you made it. So the next time you get through a real tough situation and you don't think you're going to be able to make it through or you're having a really bad day, just remember back to the time when you were able to get through it. And, and support, I suppose, having a good support system, friends around you that you can trust or parents that, that you can go to or, or other, other um, older, wiser people, perhaps. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, um, bullying, what are the most subtle forms of bullying that you've come across? Oh, my God. Um, well, you know, we, instead of telling the kids about bullying and what it is, mm-hmm. we ask the kids the question. We ask them what bullying is. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go to our handbook because they're the ones that come up with the answer. And their number one reason, they say, the reason why people bully is because they have low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. So one of the key things that we're trying to get out there is is the fact that it's really not cool to be a bully mm-hmm. because it just is, is it's, 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 I can't even, I can't come up with a word right now, but it's projecting to the world that you have low self-esteem. It's letting everybody know that you don't feel good about yourself so that it will end up not being cold to bully. But, you know, the dirty looks, um, the subtle pushing, the um, clicks where they um, will make noise when you're walking by, and they're very, very smart bullies do things when there's no adults around. Because one of the things that, that a lot of the principals have been telling us that they're challenged with, and also the police department, is that if there are no eyewitnesses, it becomes a he said, she said situation. Mm-hmm. So it's very frustrating for the kid to say, this person hit me or this person um, did this or they, they passed this rumor around or they did that or the other, and the principal doesn't have a witness to be able to verify that. So that's why we're trying. In fact, we found out that 85% of what goes on as far as bullying in a in a classroom area or in a schoolyard area, they're the bystanders. They're kids that watch everything that's going on, but they don't say anything because they don't want to get involved. And one of the keys is to get involved, go over and help that kid who's being bullied, and then take them to the principal or to an adult that you trust and tell them what you saw. Well, you know, when I was younger, if um, if there was a bully around, well, there obviously would have been a bully around because they're just about in every classroom, um, I would view them as being stronger than me, um, better than me, and I would never think that they didn't, that they suffered from anything. They put forward this image of, you know, confidence and, and you know, they had this this power i would never i could never have bullied anyone because i just was too kind of shy and withdrawn and you know didn't have a lot of confidence in myself so i just viewed the bully as this hugely confident person i used to think oh i wish i could be like them they don't have the same problems that i have but now i know that it's because they do have those problems and that's the way they manifest them that's a difficult thing though to teach children i know i I, when i was a kid i was a bully and I also was bullied, so I had both sides of it going on. But here's what the kids say. The kids say, the, they say, bullies are usually being bullied by someone else. Bullies feel insecure. Bullies have low self-esteem. They have displaced anger. They feel left out. They suffer from peer pressure. They think that it will help them to get revenge. They're jealous. Sometimes they're depressed, and sometimes, uh, Vivian, it's clinical depression, so parents should look out for that. And they says bullies feel scared, so they feel the need to hurt others with their words or actions. 
And these are these are from kids that are in the midst of it. Sixth grade students that came up with these answers. Um, yeah, so they're they're astute. I mean, they've actually they understand, or mm-hmm. if they've been taught, they they remember. You know, the lesson is is um, inside them because I know I didn't think that at all, and I, I, it's just been recent that that well for me anyway that, that I've realised that. You know, the people who are the um, the bullies are the ones that have got, you know, they've got problems, even though they don't seem to have problems. And you said you were a cheerleader, you know, just because there's a cheerleader out there. Oh, we've got music coming. All right. Well, we're going to have to go on a 90-second uh, break here, and we'll be back. And I'm talking to um, Betty Hefner, and we're talking about bullying. And um, come back. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. The American Rock and Roll Countdown with Alex Price. Now this Saturday morning, we're going to count them down one more time from number 40 all the way to number one with the official classic hits countdown, the American Rock and Roll Countdown. We'll count down the biggest hits of the 70s with interviews and artist information, news, weather, sports, you name it, we'll have it this Saturday morning, 9 o'clock Eastern, right here on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown on Toginet. Get ready for the Not-So-Sucker Mom Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Sucker Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. Everybody in the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website, and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Mom with Jill Hickey. Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Well, I'm back, and I'm talking to uh, Betty Hefner, the co-founder of Hey Ugly, and we're talking about bullying and self-esteem. And, um, Betty, you said that, um, you know, some people that you think must have great self-esteem, like cheerleaders and attractive girls and handsome boys, can sometimes have low self-esteem. Absolutely. And, in fact, for your listeners, I hope they will enjoy this. I'll try to find the quote while I'm talking. Michelle Pfeiffer, who's probably one of the most beautiful women on the planet, right? Yeah. She was in the movie Hairspray with John Travolta, and she talked about it. She was, I think she was on HBO, about how hard it is to be beautiful. I mean, we never think about that. We think, oh, my God, they've, they've got to have it easy, and, and life is so wonderful for them. And look at me. I always look a mess or this, that, and the other. But um, she, everybody, she proves that everybody struggles with something. And the key to it all is to be able to, you know, really recognize that we're ugly. We're ugly. We're unique. We're gifted. We're lovable. And it's okay to be the you that we are. Mm-hmm. 
you know i think i think that's such a wonderful message to be getting out to children now you also are working on an obesity program can you tell us a little bit about that well, we were, um, I don't know if anybody out there watches The Biggest Loser on NBC, but my husband and I were just enthralled by one of the contestants whose name is Dan Evans. And he wanted to be a recording artist, but he was, you know, way overweight, and he loved performing music. So he, on the show, lost 132 pounds. Mm-hmm. Then he went on to record a CD, which went to number seven on the country billboard charts. And one of the songs in his CD, which is called Going All Out, is a song called Letter to My Addiction. Mm-hmm. And Vivian, the lyrics to the song um, can help anybody that's struggling with any addiction. Now, obviously, his was food, but he mm-hmm. said when he wrote it, he co-wrote it with some other songwriters, and they were struggling with other things. One was addicted to being in relationships. She always had to have a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, she didn't have any you know, sense of self at all. Mm-hmm. Another person was struggling with always having a lot of drama in their life. So there's lots of different things you can be addicted to. And one of the key things that we did with Dan is he comes in and he talks to kids. And and um, whether, you know, a bunch of old schoolers get together and, and want to put on a, a, a little program in their areas or, or if he just goes out to like a shopping mall where a bunch of kids will come out and gather. And he'll talk to them about the importance of not being held prisoner by something that's controlling you that you need to control your lives Mm -hmm. and love yourself and be proud of yourself great messages um all right um you have another program that you that you um have called empathy learning activity plans what are those is that something you do in the schools or (laughs) those those are available to um any um educator whatsoever whether it's a mom educating her kids at home or it's a facilitator at a boys and girls club or a girl scouts organization or to an entire school system and i think teaching empathy is so important and there was an actually a quote in the Chicago Tribune, which I cut out particularly for this um, interview, on Wednesday, October 6th of this week. And as a gentleman by the name of Professor Roger Weisberg, a professor of psychology at the University of Illinois, Chicago, who has studied social and emotional learning for more than 25 years. And he and his colleagues recently completed an analysis of 300 scientific studies and reached two important conclusions, that students enrolled in such programs that teach the kids empathy and, you know, emotional things, right? Mm -hmm. Students enrolled in such programs scored at least 10% points higher on achievement tests than peers who weren't. And at the same time, discipline problems were cut in half. Mm-hmm. So everything, and, and we know that, that teachers and homeschoolers, you know, there's mandated learning standards that you have to achieve, so we made sure that we had those incorporated into our classes. But they basically teach kids how to think from another person's perspective, mm-hmm. how to um, look at themselves and, and recognize one of them is, is all about judgment, whether they're negatively judging themselves or somebody else, and how to be able to replace those negative judgments with something very positive. Mm-hmm. And another one, like I was telling you, is how to make it through something um, when you don't think that you're going to be able to make it through, particularly since suicide's the third largest killer of teens in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other ones are to have them go out and seek out, you know, one is, is songs of esteem. Go out and find the lyrics to songs 
that um, could help build up somebody's self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And, and that has two-pronged. We want them to be able to, seeking out positive messages instead of listening to some of the negative stuff that's out there, but then to be able to discuss the lyrics together. And, um, and that helps a real good bonding between parent and child because if you want to be able to communicate well to your child, there's no better way than through music. Oh, there are times, though, I do that with my daughter. My youngest daughter is 18, and um, she's having, um, you know, sort of friendship issues right now because, um, you know, she she feels that sometimes she's betrayed because there's a lot of gossip going on and stuff. But she's very very strong, but um, she just can't. I said to her, well, you can feel how that other person feels, but that uh, your friend hasn't got to that point yet. She's still thinking just about herself. She's just being really selfish. Uh-huh. And, um, and we listen to um, lyrics because they, they give me CD. All my children have always made me CDs of their favorite music, and I just pop it in and listen to what they're listening to. And my daughter listens to stuff that I wouldn't normally listen to, but I talk about the lyrics to her but she still loves the song because it's got such a great tune now I, I i find that so difficult because i agree with her the tune is great if you <laughs> listen to those lyrics those lyrics are awful you know and, um, <laughs> what do you do <laughs> I was I was talking to um, a, a college student, and she was telling me about when she was in high school. She used to listen to Nirvana, and she used to sing this at the songs at the top of her lungs, and it was all about this anger. And, and I said, "Well, what did you like about the music?" And she said, "It made me feel like I wasn't alone. It made me feel like somebody else has was going through what I went through." And yeah. and we're all we all um, in our in our teen years go through angst. We all go through angst. And one of the best ways to get anger out of your body, I found out, is to sing at the top of your lungs. Mm-hmm. So I, I urge any parent that's got a kid that's listening to that kind of music to understand, okay, they're, this is serving a purpose for them. But also tell them, you know, I, I, and, and say, I understand that, that this is helping you, and, and I'm listening to these lyrics, and so it's telling me that you must have this pain in your side. Do you, do you feel better that somebody else is going through too? Does it help you not feel alone? But then say, can you just intermix some of the positive stuff in there too? Yeah. Can you just give yourself a little bit of a balance, a yeah. little bit of a balance? And maybe if you hear, uh, maybe he's, he's, the, the child is listening to a song about lying, 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 lying. Maybe you can find a song that's got positive lyrics about telling the truth or mm-hmm. how to learn how to do that and say, you know, I heard that song the other day by whatever the name of the band is that, that your child's listening to, and say, but here's a song from my day, or, you yeah, know, the oldies, yeah. or yeah. here's a song I just heard the other day. And, um, and, you can, and you can go on lyric sites and just plug in words like, um, sorry, like we have a radio show where we actually have teens on the show talking about lyrics to songs and recommending them, but sometimes we'll do a whole feature show just on nothing but sorry. So I don't know if anybody remembers the song Elton John, or of Chicago did, Hard for Me to Say I'm Sorry, mm-hmm. and then Elton John did a song called Sorry Seems to Be the Hardest Word. Yeah. We play those and then we make a whole discussion about it. What does it mean to you? And to hear these kids, they, they, they right away they'll start telling you, mm-hmm. I think it means this i think it means that i think other kids could benefit from it yeah um, music is such a um i don't know a universal medium and um you know kids just just 
I, I really don't know whether bands and, and um, singers really understand the power of, of their songs and, and the words that they, uh, that they put out there. So You know, I, I, I think they do because they came from it. Yeah, you know, they listened to, they had their favorite groups. I used to say that Barbara Streisand saved my life because I would sit in the basement as a 13-year-old girl and I'd listen to her singing these songs and I'd sing my heart out to these lyrics also mm-hmm. and because um, I, I, I didn't have a very happy childhood. And um, she talked about the fact that the songs that she listened to when she was a little girl. So I think they understand, but then they choose to take a road for whatever reason that is, you know? Yeah. Well, I wanted you to talk a little bit about your um, radio show. You've 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 touched on your radio show. It sounds really interesting. You have a twice-weekly radio show. Mm Mm-hmm. It's called Choose to Change, and we hope that it'll help to inspire not only our teen DJ guests, but also um, any of the listeners to be able to maybe choose to change something about themselves that might be holding them back from having that full, complete life. So we have the kids search out songs that can either help someone um, have better self-esteem, help to make the planet a safer place to live, maybe help to end wars and create more peace in the world, um, help to have a kid hang in there and just never give up. You know, those type of lyrics are the parameters. And we just got a song, and we also have something called Song of the Month, which we post on our website. Mm-hmm. A teen um, named Benny um, was 17 years old, and he was losing his head. And he said he was wearing hats all the time, and he just felt really terrible. But then he heard this song by Jason Morass, and uh, Jason talks about the fact that he was losing his hair. Oh. So this teen who sent it to us, he said he shaved his head, and now he looks like Vin Diesel or Bruce Willis, and he says, and the girls love it, and he feels so much better, and he hopes that the other listeners will be able to feel better, too, that might be in the same position he was. Mm-hmm. So that's what it's all about. It's like, this helped me, so maybe this will help other listeners. And yeah. it's, it's a community that we're trying to develop of kids, whether it's through the website or through the radio show. Or we even have contests. We have um, essay contests and acronym contests where the first prize is a $500 U.S. savings bond. Mm. So to get so, these kids united to helping each other. So where do they go to do this? HeyUgly.org. Okay, so I'm going to put that. I'm going to put that on my my website and um, your radio show. How how could they become a guest DJ on your radio show? Um, all they have to do is go to heyugly.org and then click on radio show. There's a little. There's two words. A radio show. Just click on that, and they can send us an email and say they'd like to be on. We can actually do radio interviews from the studio. Yeah, but I got to tell you, these kids come into the the ones that come into the studio. They're scared to death, Mm -hmm. and then they put the headphones on. They get in front of the microphone, and when the show's over, they uh, they feel great. They can't wait to come back and do it again. Yeah, Yeah. you know, it's it's just a great self esteem builder for Mm -hmm. them. Well, Betty, we've come to the end of our time together. I thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Um, I've been talking to Betty Hefner, co-founder of Hey Ugly, dedicated to empowering teens and tweens with character development and self-esteem building programs that empowers the student to become part of the solution to bullying, obesity, racism, and suicide. Thank you, Betty, for joining me this afternoon. I've enjoyed our talk. Thank you, Vivian. You're welcome. It's been an honor. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Bye.
How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Are you alarmed, anxious, angry, even afraid of what is happening to America? It's time for Grassroots America, We the People. Learn how to get involved in your voting precinct and take back our country. It's time to build unity upon the Constitution and the wisdom of our founding fathers. Grassroots America, We the People, every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Central on Toginet Radio. Radio with a cutting edge. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Well, the other week... I had a guest, had two guests on, and we talked about sign language and why it could be an important addition to our burgeoning homeschool routines. As parent educators, I suppose the noise level in our abodes is a constant factor. One of my friends has a lot of children, and it's been known for her to leave her 12-year-old, the oldest, at home with them for an hour or so, just so that she can get outside and get some peace and quiet. It was nap time for most of this, and I know 12 is rather young, but what can I say? desperate homeschoolers imagine my amazement when i discovered that there is a whole movement out there that supports and trains mothers to use sign language when communicating with their pre-verbal offspring i was skeptical initially how can infants possibly learn to sign they can barely grab a toy or catch a mobile that floats above their head let alone make structured signs with their teeny weeny hands that are best for making ink prints in baby books and on t-shirts for grandma but my guest, Dawn Prohavnik, founder of smalltalklearning.com, assured me that indeed they do learn. She cited as an example her young son signing the word pain close to his ear, and she discovered on their trip to the doctor's office for the second time that week to rule out an ear infection that he did have an ear infection after all. It wasn't just being a whiny infant. As we continued with our conversation, I realized that sign language has been used to great effect with the monkeys. I really don't want to talk here about signing monkeys because we're talking about signing babies. But I do want to stress that, of course, it makes a lot of sense that signing can be taught before children have the ability to verbalize. My point of reference that keeps tripping me up is how I learned, or should I say didn't learn, French, Spanish and Latin at school. Since we could talk, we were being taught by someone who could also talk 
in English, our native tongue, and thus translate for us if we grew befuddled. No immersion for us, but of course, this is how children learn how to talk, isn't it? By listening, experimenting, and eventually verbalizing. So deaf children would learn signing without verbal language. So why not infants who can't talk yet, hearing or non-hearing? Amazing. Then we started talking about the benefits of signing for everyone, not just children. When mum can sign, then she can use it to teach her children. And then when the noise level gets unbearable, a simple sign that says focus brings everyone up short. When the verbalization goes away, and in the case of some children, not mine or yours, of course, but others out there, the whining also stops and the noise comes to a halt as they're forced to think about how they feel about what is causing their distress or frustration and the appropriate signs to use to convey what or who is troubling them. With this information, they're able to sign it silently instead of just whining on and on. Christy Jenkins related to us that hearing loss is the number one health disability in America. Do you suppose memory loss comes in a close second? She told us that the number of older people experiencing hearing loss who use signing is increasing. She explained that as more and more children learn this method of communication, they're actually teaching their parents and grandparents the skills, making signing a family experience and an asset for those hard of hearing folk who dwell amongst us and don't want to wear hearing aids. There is another health benefit associated with signing. Listen close and turn up the volume if I'm not loud enough. Since signing uses a different part of the brain and we stop talking, give the verbal side a break, we actually help to increase the thickening of a part of our brain connected to memory and cognitive skills, which is good. Thicker gray matter is what we want. It thins as the years progress. So the aging process can be slowed down. Learning sign language has also been shown to improve reading skills and it has the same benefit as learning a second language, doing those crossword puzzles, Sudoku and meditation. Christy told us her story of how she created the first sign language video, which she says plays like an episode of Friends, so I imagine it keeps one's attention instead of a dry repetition of signs that words signs with words flashed up on the screen. In fact, we should probably go to her site and buy it so we can see it for ourselves. Signlanguagevideo.com. According to Christy, it takes only the memorization of 167 signs only to have a conversation with a deaf person, and her video has over 300. For homeschoolers who already do a lot of different subjects, learning sign language is not a huge burden because children have fun learning it. They pick it up even faster than their parents, and then they're able to teach them something for a change. Plus, it's good for the grey matter. When deciding what form of sign language to learn, both my guests agreed that getting the message across is the most important thing to do, rather like English with different accents and words for the same thing. I learned when I arrived on these distant shores that American English and British English have different pronunciations and sometimes the word is different, but the message comes across the same usually. Except when I ask for water. I now have to prefix it with the word soda. Quick, what's the sign for water? Oh, and one more thing. Signing can be taught to your pets too, so watch out, buddy, my favourite brand dog. We'll be doing some brain repair and sign language the next time you come and visit. Sit. I had to say it, so I figured you wouldn't be able to see my perfect signing. Well, I told you that I moved my desk and computer upstairs to my teen daughter's lounge. And now I have pictures on the walls and diplomas and certificates to be framed and added to my achievements wall. I'm enjoying my time up there alone. 
and um, at least um, I'm alone when Malia's at college or at school. She's taken to join me in my study with her brand new laptop, courtesy of her great uncle, who is a confirmed old bachelor who enjoys gifting his grand nieces and nephews with money to buy themselves special gifts. She comes in and props herself on the bed and does homework while listening to music softly. It doesn't bother me because I've usually got all my rigorous writing done and I'm just looking up references and checking email. Then my younger son, Simon, traipses upstairs when he gets home from work and brings the French press with him filled with coffee and we drink and dunk our Oreos for a few minutes and talk about the animals he works with. By the time my blue-eyed cowboy has tracked us down, he's beginning to feel left out. Oh, there you are, Peter, he'll say as he enters my sanctuary. On Wednesday, I made the Jazzercise Fit Club. Club. This means I have been to 150 classes so far this year. With all the weeks I missed by travelling, that works out to be an average of four classes a week. I get a long-sleeve, close-fitting T-shirt as my reward. I also get energised, in shape and stay young. I've been jazzercising for 21 years and still find myself going left when I should be going right, hopping instead of grapevining, heading right when everyone else is going left and crashing into my neighbours. I still can't put routines to a tune or vice versa after all these years. Luckily, my instructor, Jazz in Jewels, is really good and all I have to do when I want a request is mention a sequence of moves or a line from a song and she usually has my routine in class by the next week. How she keeps all those dances neatly tucked in her head is a mystery. I know I couldn't do it, so I'm a faithful student and take my classes and get my prizes and help out when class managers don't show up. I don't shout, I don't heckle, I just dance like nobody's watching. For any mum who spends her entire day around people 18 or more years younger than her, this is a resourcing technique I would recommend. All you have to do is show up. Your instructor does the rest. You don't have to figure out how the treadmill works or what to do next. It's all worked out for you by the Jazzercise corporate offices. The Texas State Fair is in full swing downtown. As a family, we used to go intermittently. Mostly, it depended on whether anyone in our house was paying attention to the fact that it was in progress. When we did go, it was on a day when a can of food gained us admission. Malia, from the age of about seven, loved to walk down the midway and had the carnies shout her to come and try their game. She's always loved attention. There I am cringing and she's basking. I shamelessly admit I only go for the food. A couple of years ago, we braved the crowds and it was hot and crowded to see the Jonas Brothers. Water was being sprayed on the young girls in the front of the crowd to keep them cool, and several of them were carried off with heat stroke. Stroke. That year was the deep-fried bacon. A portion shared between three of us was wonderful. This year, the offerings include fried beer, frito chili pie, s'mores pop-tarts, margaritas, and even a salad. Grown. Well... I love anything that is chocolate to be fried. You know, the Oreos, the Mars bars. <laughs> but I get full quickly, so I have to make my choices wisely. Well, wisely would mean no fried food. But all those jazzercise hours should be worth something battered and deep fried. A tasty reward in addition to the very sensible T-shirt. Well, Malia's actually going to go to the fair tonight. She's going with... Um, 
a girlfriend and I said to her, you need to take some guys because they're not leaving until about five and they'll get there at six and then it'll start to get dark and everything. So there are three boys going, hopefully, so that'll be good. I've never been down there at night. It gets a bit scary. Apparently it closes at 10 though, so that's good. Anyway, um, I'm going to tell you just a little bit about Costa Rica. Well, should I say a little bit more? We went to a um, waterfall while we were there, and um, it was pretty scary the day we went. It was pouring with rain, and um, we went in daylight because during the night um, there are no road signs and there are no street lights, so we decided that venturing after dark was a fool's errand. So we started out early to try and get to get out um, before the rain started, but unfortunately we didn't make it. And I thought, well, this should make a spectacular waterfall with all this rain. And um, so we went on um, to a fall that was in a place called o- Ochichal. And um, I was trying to look through the windscreen and I saw a sign that said four kilometers up this hill. And so it took us about 30 minutes to traverse the four kilometers in the pouring rain and crossing bridges and seeing this rushing river um, streaming past us. And we picked up a little old lady on the way and she was soaked. And um, she pointed the falls out to us and we had to park our car and we had to walk to the falls. And I had my camera and I was determined to record our adventure. And my husband was brave and I had no sense and the falls weren't very high but they were powerful and I'm sure that my blue-eyed husband confirmed his thoughts that I was insane and after creeping after seeing the waterfall and creeping back down the hillside we stopped at a roadside bar and learned that several small bridges similar to the ones we had just crossed had been swept away in the foothills I think God was watching over our folly that day I've got some great photographs though but it was pretty scary and now I've used up one whole hour, another whole hour this week, and I'll bid you farewell. And I'm off to another play, this time at the college tomorrow. I'm participating in a fundraising barbecue for the Daughters of the British Empire. I'm going to be contrary and break out my cowboy boots and hat. So I'll say thanks to my handsome husband, who believes in love at first sight. Our four children, who are the result of that belief. The hardworking staff at Togginet Radio, my guest Betty, all my faithful listeners, especially Hannah, Tina and St. John's. Ali Lepreet, host of This Little Parent State Homes, coming up next on Togginet Radio. So don't go away. Have a great week and I'll see you next Friday. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord show you his kindness and have mercy on you. May the Lord watch over you and give you peace. Number 6, 24 through 26. Doop, 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 doop. Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney on Togi